Thank you, Joyful Sound. What do you think is the greatest sin of all? Pride. I think pride is the greatest sin. Did I tell you that earlier? Did you? <laughs> pride, if you stop and think about it, is, is the root of so many sins. Basically, pride makes you think that you know more than God knows, that you are smarter than He, that you are wiser, that you see further, and you know what's better for yourself than He does. And, and pride causes you to take matters into your own hands and usually make a mess of things. Luke 18, 9 through 14 is the parable, and, and parables basically just teach themselves. Not a whole lot you have to say. The greatest sin of all, Luke 18, 9 through 14, is the parable of the, the Pharisee and the tax collector. He told this parable to some who trusted in themselves that they were righteous and despised others. Two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee, the other a tax collector. And the Pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself, God, I thank thee that I am not like other men, extortioners, unjust adulterers, even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week, I give tithes of all that I get. But the tax collector standing far off would not even lift up his eyes to heaven, but beat his breast saying, God be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, but he who humbles himself will be exalted. <clears throat> Let's pray together. Father, help us to see ourselves as you see us. And help us learn a little humility. Especially when we come into this house where our sins are uncovered. And you see us for who we are. Be merciful to us all sinners, we pray thee in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> the great preacher in Florence, Italy in the 14th century was named Savonarola. And one day he saw an elderly woman worshiping the statue of the Virgin Mary st standing in the city's great cathedral. The following day he noticed the same woman on her knees before the Blessed Mother Mary. With great interest he observed day after day she came and paid homage to the statue. And one day, Savonarola whispered to one of his fellow priests there in the cathedral, look how she worships and reverences the Virgin Mother. And the priest responded, don't be fooled by what you see. He said, many years ago, an artist was commissioned to create a statue for the cathedral. And as he sought a young woman to pose as the model for the sculpture, he found one who would be the perfect subject. She was young, beautiful, had a mystical quality about her face and expression. And the image of that woman inspired the statue of Mary. And the woman who now comes daily to worship that statue is the same one who served as its model several years ago. Shortly after the statue was put into place, she began to visit it and has continued to worship there religiously ever since. So you see, she's not worshiping the Virgin Mary, she's actually only worshiping herself. Pride is arrogant. So, by the way, we wouldn't worship a statue of the Virgin Mary to start with, but I just thought it was interesting uh, that she was worshiping a statue of which she was the model. She was worshiping herself. Pride is worshiping ourselves. Pride is the greatest sin because it is so easy to justify. And what makes this parable so difficult for us and that we usually overlook is that the Pharisee really was a good man. He really was a good man, a lot like us. He went to church, 
He tithed, he fasted. Well, we don't fast, but he did. He did all the right things that a, a good religious man should do. And when he's quoting, God, I thank thee, I'm not like other men, extortioners, unjust adulterers, or even like this tax collector, he's actually referring to a psalm. He's just praying a psalm, Psalm 17, verses 3 through 5. Lord, if thou triest my heart, if thou visitest me by night, if thou teach, testest me, thou wilt find no wickedness in me. My mouth does not transgress. With regard to the works of men, by the word of thy lips, I have avoided the ways of the violent. My steps have held fast to thy paths. My feet have not slipped. So in reality, he's just quoting a psalm in his prayer. When he says he's more faithful than the tax collector, he's telling the truth. And you know the background of tax collectors. We've talked about that with Zacchaeus before. He made his fortune by extortion. He collaborated with the occupying army, the Romans. He used Roman soldiers to confiscate property and goods when people were unable to pay their taxes. So what I want us to see, contrary to what we've always assumed, the Pharisees were moral, upright members of their community. They were deeply religious fervently patriotic and scrupulously honest. Tax collectors, on the other hand, were scallywags. They were disloyal to country and often their religion. They created personal wealth at the expense of their fellow Jews. And so as I see it, the Pharisee is guilty of only one sin, but that sin is what C.S. Lewis calls the great sin. And Lewis says, by comparison in mere Christianity, Unchastity, anger, greed, drunkenness are all mere flea bites in comparison to the great sin called pride. You and I know all about pride because we see it so well in others. We know the man who brags about everything and anything that he's accomplished, the athlete who says he's the greatest, the woman whose clothing or shoes or whatever accents her vanity the scholar who finds every opportunity to exhibit his pedantic mental superiority. Pedantic's a good word, isn't it? So we know pride. We hear people boast of their fortune, their intellect, and their skill. And the years pass, we continue listening to them bragging about anything and everything that they possess. I'm reminded of the man who came home drunk one evening after a night of carousing in the neighborhood bar. And his wife helped him into bed, helped him undress, tucked him in, and she kneeled beside his bed and said, Would you like me to pray for you, John? And he said, Yes. And she said, Dear Lord, please be with my husband who lies here drunk. And before she could finish, he inter interrupted her and said, Don't tell him I'm drunk. Tell him I'm sick. <laughs> and that's the story of all of us who have difficulty acknowledging the mess that we've made of ourselves and our lives. I know pride so well because I see it every day in the mirror, and so do you. When I become irritated at someone who has corrected me as if it were impossible for me to make a mistake, when I get upset with someone who dominates the situation because I had anticipated being in the center, when I'm offended because someone did not fully acknowledge my contribution, my insight, my work, it's only my pride that has gotten in the way. Pride, let me be clear, is different from self-worth or self-esteem. 
Self-esteem and self-worth are healthy, but pride is self-esteem at the expense of others. It is self-worth that is turned haughty or arrogant or selfish. Pride is a swelling up of the heart of one's self-importance. It raises me up high enough above others until I'm able to look down on them. And then it, it becomes like a spiritual cancer and it eats away the possibility of friendship and love and, and fellowship and community. Pride is a deadly sin. It is a terrible sin. Pride was the sin behind every most, most horrible evils that this world has ever seen, from Hitler's war on the Jews to apartheid in South Africa to racism everywhere. It all has its roots in pride. In every case, pride makes people think they are superior to other people. In other words, others may also be created in God's image, but pride makes us think he still likes us best. So pride is all these terrible things and more. Because the terror of this sin is that it is rooted in idolatry and unbelief. Because not only does it elevate me above others, it also seeks to elevate me up equal with God. That's what the tempter did with Adam and Eve in the garden. He said, you will not die. God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. The Pharisee in this parable is so smug, so self-righteous that he needed nothing and asked for nothing from God. His noble life, his morality, he was convinced he could do very well on his own. So why rely on grace when you can be justified by your own efforts? Somewhere along the way, this Pharisee assumed the prerogatives of God, judging himself righteous and superior to the tax collector standing beside him. So what appears at first to be faith is really just spiritual arrogance. Because true faith never expresses itself as despising someone else. The nature of the sin of pride is eventually it separates us from God. It attacks us like the Pharisee at our strength. <clears throat> because usually we admire people of great learning or great talent or great courage or great faith. But our meeting, sometimes we meet that person and we find out that they're just arrogant and conceited. The tax collector is hated. He's not trusted by his own people, the Jews, or his employers, the Romans. He kind of lives in no man's land, and his situation is hopeless. He's a man without a country, basically. If he continues to live as a traitor to his people, he's cut off from his friends and his country and his religion. But if he repents, he must make restitution for every drachma he has received by fraud, plus one-fifth. You remember how Zacchaeus paid everyone back. And he'll lose his livelihood. So his outburst is a genuine cry for mercy. He comes into the temple that day empty-handed. Yet he's the one who goes home filled because he came empty and admitted it. If we honestly look at our hearts, we'll find a field of weeds. We sin against God and our neighbor every day. And our only hope is that the wonderful love and grace of God will wipe us clean and make us whole. There was a little girl one day who was carrying a huge mass of cotton candy on a paper cone. Don't you just love cotton candy? 
And a little man, a man asked the little girl, how can a little girl like you eat all that cotton candy? And she said, mister, I must be a lot bigger on the inside than I am on the outside. Pride is just the opposite. Pride makes us pretend we're bigger on the outside than we really are on the inside. Humility is a recognition that God has given each of us by His grace a gift which makes us greater on the inside than most people will ever know. Without His grace, there's no hope for any of us, no matter how good our pride might lead us to think we are. Two people went up to the temple one day to pray, and both got exactly what they asked for. The first told God how good he was. He asked for nothing, and he got nothing. The second, aware of his sin, cried out for mercy, and mercy was what he received. You and I come up to the temple, to the church, every Sunday. And like the Pharisee and the tax collector, we usually find what we come looking for. If we come looking for grace, we'll find it. If we come looking for forgiveness, we'll find it. If we come needing nothing, we'll find that too. It's our attitude that matters when we come into the house of the Lord. Let's bow together. <clears throat> Father, pride is so devious in how it works. Because these folks gathered here tonight on Sunday night in the rain on the spring break weekend <clears throat> are good people. And they want to do what's right. And by and large, they are better than most. And the subtle danger is that we would rely on our goodness for our forgiveness and salvation. When in reality, we are just as sinful as anybody. Our sins may be different, but one sin makes us a sinner. And we are all guilty of too many sins to count. So we acknowledge our desperate need of your grace and forgiveness. Father, remove our pride and help us to see us as you see us. And help us to find that grace that was offered the tax collector who cried out in desperation, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. Because those are the words of us all because we are more like the tax collector than we are the Pharisee. So forgive us, Lord, and make us whole and cleanse us. That's our only hope. In Jesus' name, amen.